welcome to The Challenges of Change, the podcast where we explore the transformative journey towards self-improvement and personal growth. I'm your host, Laura, a mindset coach in the health and fitness industry, here to guide you through the hurdles that life throws at you. In each episode, we'll delve into practical strategies and insightful discussions to help you manage stress, regulate your emotions, upgrade your mindset, and ultimately reclaim your sense of worth. I'm thrilled to have you join me on this journey of change, challenges, and self-discovery. Welcome to the first episode of The Challenges of Change. I am so excited that you are here and embarking on this podcast journey with me because I don't know who else I'd rather do it with. And ultimately, if you're here and you're listening, it means you understand that change is inevitable. Every day, life is changing. Every day, we are changing. And rather than trying to ignore the reality of our experience, let's learn how to face these challenges as our strongest version of ourselves and how to really represent ourselves in the way that we want to. My hope is that this podcast can be something to inspire you and empower you to take on these challenges through different perspectives. So often we're given limiting beliefs about how we need to be or how life should to be. And what I hope this podcast can provide you with is an opportunity for you to see world through a different lens, for you to see what you're truly capable of and for you to grow on your terms and transform on your terms, your way, because this is your one life experience. And I hope that by listening to the different tools that you can use and different shared experience from clients or myself, you'll be able to use that information and take yourself and your growth to the next level. But first, who am I? And why should you listen to me? I feel like the best way to start is with a story. When I met my now husband and we'd been dating about four months, we decided to go on our first vacation together. And this was kind of my first big girl vacation. First vacation I went on with a boyfriend at the time. And I remember we were sailing one day and he leans over the boat and he grabs my hand. He looks me in my eyes and he goes, you should marry me one day. And We'd been dating four months. So I freaked out. I didn't say anything. I'm pretty sure I just went into like freeze mode and looked like Bambi just frozen. And clearly that showed because he was like, no, 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 not like that. You should marry me so you can hyphenate your name so it can look like Laura Wiener Kisser. And yes, that is the first time that my husband ever brought up marriage to me. So who I am, I'm Laura Weinerkaiser, but if you ask my husband, it looks like Weinerkaiser. I have been an athlete my entire life. Uh, I played volleyball, basketball, soccer, and softball growing up uh, all the way through high school. And then I turned down a soccer scholarship because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to make it beyond college. And I'd broken nine bones throughout my athletic career. And I also grew up as an obese kid. 
so that kind of left me with some psychological challenges around my body image and with a lot of adaptations with my physical body and the injuries that took place. So when I was going to college and trying to decide what I wanted to do, originally I was supposed to be a marketing major. And then my mom suggested I look through the orientation book and I found this major called fitness specialist under kinesiology. And I never looked back. I loved helping people. I knew weight was something I'd struggled with my entire life. And I knew that due to my broken bones, I needed to be able to understand how to take care of my body longevity wise. So I became a personal trainer in 2010 and I loved helping people learn how to keep their body safe and functional and just be able to move their body to live the lifestyle they want. But as many of you could guess, many people came to me wanting to lose weight. After boycotting nutrition for about five years, I finally realized if I wanted to give my clients what they needed and what they wanted, I had to expand myself because I was also the one feeling insecure about learning nutrition because there's a part of me that knew if I did, I couldn't be ignorant around my nutritional choices. And when I got my nutrition specialist certification, that's when my career really skyrocketed. I got really, really good at helping people lose weight. And I was able to help myself lose weight. I understood food and it was a really empowering experience, but it was just another diet. I wasn't helping my clients integrate lifestyle nutrition. I was giving them tips and tricks, different lifestyle habits to build. And after four months or so, their willpower started to give and they ended up gaining it back. But that wasn't the service I wanted to provide. I wanted to deliver lasting results. And that's when I learned about coaching and realized that coaching is actually a profession. I went back to school, became a health and life coach to really understand what's going on inside our body to try to trans create true transformation. That's when I realized it's our mindset around our health, our life, our stress that creates the life we experience. So if we aren't satisfied with our life, if we aren't satisfied with our health, if we aren't satisfied with our stress, it's our mindset that needs to do the work to change so that we can truly grow. And that's what I do now. I help transform people's health, stress, and life by teaching them how to reclaim authority of their mind so they can thrive through life's daily challenges as who they want to be. We get distracted by our fears and forget what we're capable of, but hopefully this podcast and the resources on my website, Change by Challenge, can help you see, once again, what you really are capable of. With that being said, let's talk about change. It is imperative for personal growth and transformation. Change is the essence of growth. And Nothing doesn't change, even if we don't want it to change. But here's what I think people get confused with. Change in and of itself requires discomfort, just from a psychological standpoint. It hasn't been proven to our brain to be safe and survivable. So if we're going to change something, that feels icky to our brain. But change is inevitable and we're going to continue to change regardless 
So what's the problem? We don't like feeling uncomfortable. It's as simple as that. So if the experience of change is uncomfortable, which it just is because it's new and we don't like feeling uncomfortable, we just avoid or distract or numb ourselves because we're afraid of feeling uncomfortable. Does that mean we're not changing? No, we still are in this ever-changing life. And that's, that's the point. You don't have to like the change. I don't like feeling uncomfortable. I've just stopped living in denial about the fact that I'm going to change either way. It's an inevitable essence of life. So why resist it? Why fight it? When I do that, I'm the victim. I'm surrendering my authority when I do that. We all are. Rather than avoiding change because it's scary or uncomfortable, that doesn't change the reality that you're going to have to experience it. So why not experience it in a more powerful way through your lens, through believing in yourself, by you choosing your power? Change can be immensely transformative and lead to a totally different life in the best way possible. You were told growing up who you are, but that's not really your whole truth. The personal growth journey gives you grounding in your life for you to really understand who you are. And when I say change can be transformative in the most amazing way, I know that from my firsthand experience. Growing up, you heard me mention a little bit about my body image challenges, which totally existed. And so I felt like I needed to be perfect and please everyone around me in order to earn my self-worth, to earn the love that every human deserves to be given. And I'm not saying that that was a verbalized message, but it was what was conditioned into me for better or worse. And that became my main mechanism of achieving acceptance. Please others do what I think they want and then I'll be okay. But what about what I want? What about what actually makes me happy? I didn't really wake up to that until 2019. That's when things really, like my personal growth journey really started mentally. I'd been physically active. I'd been on the yo-yo up and down dieting structure, even with all the nutrition information I had. But the game didn't change until my mind did. What changed in 2019 was... I was planning my wedding and it was the first time that I was actually planning to break the code to do what I wanted, which meant making other people unhappy. I am blessed to have a giant, crazy family and I love every minute with them, but I also hate being the center of attention. So when it came time to plan my wedding, I knew if I opened the door to my giant crazy family, I couldn't have a small wedding. I would have to include my husband's family, who at the time I didn't know, but turns out they're freaking awesome too. And it just felt like a lot of attention and it did it wasn't what I wanted. So we ended up kind of doing a modified elopement where we had our bridal party and our immediate family and that was it. And then we went to a bar after that had live music and it was great. It was exactly what I wanted. But I heard a lot of people along the way. 
And it was really hard. It was really hard to hurt the people I love to do something for myself. Ironically, around that time, my sister-in-law, well, my now sister-in-law, she got me a book for my birthday that was a question a day for five years. And it's very interesting for me to look back at the answers to my questions in 2019 compared to 2020, 2021, et cetera, because I could see just how hard 2019 was for me and how hurt I was and how low I was feeling. So I went to therapy because I knew that I needed support. And I'll never forget one of the messages my therapist told me. She said, Laura, you have a canny ability to shift people's energy because you're an empath and a people pleaser, but you operate from one false belief that people want to be happy. Of course, they want to be happy, I thought. She goes, they don't want to be happy. They want to be comfortable. And some people are more comfortable being scared. Some people are more comfortable being miserable. Some people are more comfortable complaining. And when you're around people who you can't transform their energy, you absorb their energy. And there were certain people who had come into my life around that time that made it really, really, really hard for me to regulate my energy because their comfort was misery. Their comfort was shame. And that's their comfort. It's not really for me to judge, but I also didn't want to absorb it. And there was a really profound message that helped me learn that I needed to let go of my people pleasing and allow people to just be who they are, which also was the first time I was kind of given permission to worry about myself, to worry about my needs, to worry about stabilizing my own energy. Then COVID happened. And, uh, My COVID story was very interesting. My husband and I got back from our honeymoon, March 1st of 2020. We'd been in the Maldives, so we had no idea that COVID was a thing. We woke up and my husband had jet lag, so he didn't sleep. And he told me before I went to work that he applied for a job in Florida. And if he got it, we'd have to move. And I was totally on board with it. And then I went to work found out about COVID. The day he got the job was the day that I got furloughed. Two weeks after that, we moved. So the world shuts down. We moved to a totally new state. I'm furloughed. And I had this whole new career to start. But what I didn't anticipate was the fear. I have a weird relationship with fear. I recognize it, but I don't like to let it control me or I don't like to give it power. It's almost like I enjoy flirting with it. Um, But the fear of moving away from my family, that, that felt really constricting in my chest. And I remember telling my family and bawling after, because of course they were upset and they had every right to be upset. And honestly, it's healthy that they were upset. I wouldn't want them to be excited that I was moving far away. Like, I'm happy they were upset that I was moving, but it didn't make it easy. And I knew that I was more excited for the move because I enjoy warmth over the cold of Chicago, but I didn't feel like I could even tell my husband that I was afraid because I knew he was afraid and I didn't want that to stop us from our journey. So 
that was the first time I really almost let fear win was moving away from my family right in the beginning of COVID, but I didn't. And when I got to Florida and I had this new career, my people still needed help. And I had all this knowledge. So I started a business called Change My Challenge. What I didn't know or what I didn't expect was when you become a coach, you become your first client. You can't learn all this stuff and be blind to your own stuff at the same time. And what I really learned was to believe in myself and to believe in my mission over the lack of what I didn't think I was capable of or the lack of a business sense that I thought I might not have or fear in general. I believed in hope and optimism over fear of it not working out. But then because that fear of it not working out was still very much there, stress became my main form of coping with this tidal wave of a new reality, being married, moving across country, being a wife, starting a business, being in school. It was a lot. Um, So I worked and I was addicted to working and I was addicted to stressing. It was my coping mechanism. It was how I was feeling like I was good enough. But like I said, you can't go through the coaching journey and not be your own first client. And I remember talking with a coaching friend about my stress addiction and my work addiction. And it all manifests as a time. It didn't have enough time. Well, it was really what I was doing with my time. And what I learned is how my value system was off. I was valuing work and productivity and stress over connection, over life experience, over mental health, over physical health some days, which was very new for me. It was one of the best things that ever happened to me and the hardest thing for me to overcome because I had to recategorize in my brain what it meant. And that's ultimately what I help people do now. But now I'm not addicted to work. I am not addicted to stress. I can utilize it as a superpower in its own way. I also learned how to recalibrate what food means to me. Food used to be for pleasure. It used to be eat well and then have treats. And it transformed into being for energy. I remember when I was still hooked in my stress addiction, working one night and having 30 minutes left of work that I really wanted to get done, but I was super tired. And I found myself thinking about the sweets that my husband might have because I didn't keep them in the house at the time. And then I checked in with my belly and I realized I wasn't hungry. I was actually pretty satisfied. So what was this? What was I feeling? The answer was exhausted. And that helped me understand I used food when I needed a break, when I was feeling exhausted, when I wanted a treat, when I was feeling sad or mad. Like I started to learn just all the different ways that I was letting food be my solution to numbing instead of dealing and facing the challenge of our emotions. Now, food is energy. Do I enjoy treats every now and then? Yeah, but it's not a fix. It's not a cure for anything. It's just what I want in that moment. Along my journey, I also had to deal with some friendship wounds. One of the things they don't talk about with women is as you become a mother, 
which I'm not a mother, but a lot of my friends are, different needs come into play. There are different requirements and your friends don't have as much time for you, understandably so. But it also creates a lot of disconnection. And again, I'm not faulting mothers. They have to provide for these beautiful little creatures. And I love my friends and I love my friends' kids. But that didn't also mean that I wasn't feeling abandoned or neglected. And I had to recategorize what my understanding of friendship really meant. And thanks to uh, assist by the one and only Brene Brown, which you will learn on this podcast. I love Brene Brown and have a massive lady crush on her because she is just so real and so wise but she helped me understand what belonging is, belonging to myself, the importance of that, and how to cherish the friends and the people that are in your life, filling the shoes rather than holding on to the people from your past who don't have that capacity. Does that mean I love those people any less? Not at all. I have nothing but love and respect for them and hope that when certain chapters of our life are over, we can reconnect. And I'm pretty optimistic about it now. But at the time, I felt really alone and really abandoned. I didn't feel like I had a support system. And that was part of my journey. But I would say the main part of my journey, and the main part that I think you guys will learn within this podcast, comes from three big ideas. One is emotions. I was raised that certain emotions are okay and certain emotions aren't. And I'm sure you could guess the ones that are okay and the ones that I was supposed to hide. And as I got into this career of coaching, I heard a quote by Hal Elrod that went, every negative emotion is self-created by the degree of resistance we have to our reality. And it made me really curious. It made me curious to learn what I was resisting and what my emotions had to tell me. We're highly evolved creatures, but we don't like the experience of our emotions. So we don't utilize some of the most evolved parts of ourselves. It was a journey of learning to surrender and allow the reality that my emotions are their own form of intelligence, just like yours. Our body is so freaking smart and there's so many things going on within it that we can never know or never map out. And if we weren't supposed to have our emotions, if they didn't serve a purpose, we wouldn't have them anymore. So rather than trying to resist the inevitability of their existence, learning to allow their wisdom to shape a more fulfilling life And that starts by letting them have the space to be seen. The other, or the second key principle was discomfort. You heard me say in the beginning, we tend to avoid change or hide from it or numb it because we don't like being uncomfortable and change is uncomfortable. But it's so powerful as you'll hear me talk about in session or lesson to lesson, episode to episode, you'll hear me talk about how, what the main thing, the main gift that our uncomfortable emotions grant us is 
attention. You know, advertisers pay millions, billions of dollars to get our attention to try and manipulate us to buy something. And here we are with our own emotional calibrating system to get us into our conscious awareness and allow us to use our front part of our brain, the smart part of our brain to make these choices. But because we're so uncomfortable with them, we're neglecting the gift in front of us. So it's really also key number two is learning to embrace discomfort as a guide, as a friend, not as something to run away from. But I think my favorite key is learning how to choose to stand in your power, learning how to choose to choose you, if I'm being completely honest. We're so coded to please others or to fit in with the world as this false sense of belonging. But I think the most powerful part of this journey is when you allow these things, when you allow discomfort, when you allow emotions, when you get curious about your life, when you learn you embrace growth you become the authority of your life you are in charge that's all the power we try to control everything outside of us not realizing we're not controlling the one thing we actually can ourselves learning to choose your power is everything and it's not so like that's some of just some of the highlights of my journey one of the themes I love with all of my clients who come to me for losing weight, which not every client comes to me to lose weight, but some want that lifestyle. What every single one of them learns at some point is the unconditional love of your body is a prerequisite to the lasting weight loss. Because otherwise you're having conditional love attached to your body. So that's just some of the things you're going to hear about on this podcast. You're going to hear about how change is constant in life and how our power really does come in our choice. Our resistance to the inevitable changes of life doesn't make those changes go away. It really just creates anxiety and stress. We fear change and I get it. And from a scientific standpoint, fear is a very intentional and purposeful emotion. It has a lot of data for us, but the fear original response was fear of our life, fear that we're going to be attacked by a lion or a bear. And now most of us deal with psychological fears, but we don't know exactly what we're afraid of. Okay. We're afraid of hurting someone's feelings. Why is that more valuable than our own life, our own health, our own needs? Because at the end of the day, it's a cost one way or the other, either it's a cost to us or cost to them. And if you want to live in fear, I empower you to, because it's your choice. And your power is in your choice. But if you've ever talked to someone at the end of their life and you ask them you know, what advice they have for you. I used to volunteer at a nursing home uh, for a couple of years. And the main thing I'd get besides, honestly, it was brush your teeth and dare to take more risks. And I took that message. And that's when I started flirting with fear. And it's what's funny is the cue that we experience that's like, hey, use this to change, to release resistance, to release stress, to release anxiety, is discomfort, is fear, is that anxiety. It's getting your attention. The journey itself teaches you how to navigate life's challenges. And most importantly, it strengthens your belief in yourself. For example, 
I heard this message from a different podcast from one of the guests and it was just a tidbit and I was driving so I didn't actually get the information but he says you know we want resilient children and we want patient children but we don't give them the circumstances to learn these skills we want patient kids but we give them what they want we want resilient kids but we try to fix their problems ultimately we're robbing them of the opportunity to get stronger we learn these skills these important life skills through experience and the same thing is true with adults if you want to be more understanding you, that's an active process of growing to be more understanding you have to put yourself in situations where you can be more understanding that might mean going and talk having a conversation with someone who has opposing views and trying to understand and not allowing yourself to get activated we want all these things but we're not willing to build the bridge to get to it. We need to experience life so that we can embrace the change we desire. These are the challenges of change. The journey is the challenge. We just have to be brave enough to love ourselves enough, to value ourselves enough, to really understand this one life is what we get and let that ground us in the bravery and the courage to just try and not be so afraid of failing because the worst thing you can do is look back on the life you lived, the one you got and regret that you were scared. This is just the beginning guys. I'm going to give you lots of tips. I'm going to give you lots of tricks. I'm going to give you lots of tools that you can utilize and apply to your personal growth journey so you can embrace the challenges of change as the person you want to be. So to get us started, here's a few things that I want you guys to be intentional about. Everything starts with mindfulness. If we aren't aware of what's happening, we can't change it. So if you're listening to this, just start by being curious. Start by listening. If you notice you're getting heated, if you notice you're getting agitated, if you notice you're scared or stressed, Get curious, why? Noticing in and of itself is the mindfulness. Getting curious, you're going to learn something. Ditch judgment. It is a rule in my life. It does not help you. It keeps you stuck. It's just the ego's way of trying to keep you small. We tell ourselves these, these lies of the judgment motivates us. I want you to really challenge that thought because it shames you. It doesn't motivate you. Uncomfortable emotions are the key to getting out of your repetitive stuck cycles. Listen to them, which means you got to give them space. You're not going to like it. But pushing them away doesn't really get rid of them either. It's a choice of how you want to experience it. Learn to reflect. We are so quick in our modern day world that we aren't absorbing the messages that can really make the next hour, the next day, the next week, the next month of our lives transformative in the best sense possible. You hold the keys to the life you want. If you don't know how to get there, you probably haven't been reflecting. And don't dictate in your mind. Our brain doesn't like a dictator. It wants to feel like it has a choice because our choice is our power. Ask your brain questions. Ask your mind questions. Don't say you have to go to the gym. Ask yourself, do you want to go to the gym? 
and don't let comfort be your answer. Actually think about how you want to feel. But honestly, if you could take one tip from everything I've said, slow down. Slow down. It is so counterintuitive in our modern day world. But as you will come to understand through this podcast, some of the nervous system elements, the joys of our life, what we want more of, happen when we're slower. Connection happens when we're slower. Digestion, weight loss happen when we're slower. Playfulness, joy happens when we're slower. We need to learn to value rest. So those are my tips for you this week. Start with mindfulness, be aware, be curious. Ditch judgment, it does not help you. Uncomfortable emotions are the key to getting out of your cycles. Learn to listen to them. Learn to reflect so you can learn. Don't dictate in your mind, question your mind, challenge it with questions and let the organic answer come up and slow down so you can value rest. I know that that's not one tip, but I encourage you to choose what feels right for you. Set an intention for your transformation, what you hope to get from this, because what I'll tell you is our next episode is gonna be awesome. Sit with that and I will see you next episode so we can talk about how to recategorize discomfort. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of The Challenges of Change. If you're ready to stop stressing and reclaim your sense of worth, be sure to visit my website at www.changebychallenge.com. There, you'll find loads of resources, blog posts, and information on how to work with me, Tora, as your personal mindset coach. Remember, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Don't let burnout or any other obstacle hold you back from living your best life. Take the first steps towards positive transformation today. Thank you again for listening. Stay confident, stay inspired, and embrace the challenges of change. Until next time.